Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, After Buzzers. We're talking The Magicians After Show. We're learning a whole new side to Dean Fogg, and I love it because it's like my spirit animal. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, everyone. Everyone on the podcast is like, what's happening? It's just music playing and not saying anything. Welcome to the Magicians After Show on AfterBuzz TV, Season 4, Episode 2, Lost, Found, and Fucked. We're just going full throttle with the fuck this year, so they put it in the title. They're like, we don't give a fuck. Anyways, I'm Adrienne Snow, and here's the rest of my panel. <laughs> what's up, guys? I'm Steph. That was so beautifully said. <laughs> what's going on, everyone? Nate Miller here. Yes. So, okay. First thoughts on episode two. Uh, I really li- I liked episode one better, oh, but okay. I think that I like the way the season's going, mm-hmm. and I like the different storylines that we have building, especially with Dean Fogg. So I'm interested. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm the opposite way. I like this episode a lot better than last week's. Oh, okay. uh, also, just as long as the pace stays on this pathway i'm i'm much more like i really like last season but mm-hmm. it did feel like it kind of dragged certain plot elements like for a reason um but the pace that we are moving like for them to be out of the illusion already like i'm like all right cool let's go let's like let's keep moving that's true yeah i really like this episode it was just nice to kind of get um by the end at least know that a good amount of the gang is going to be back together you know so to have that Get to you know the first two hours of the of the season is great, and I just love learning about Dean Fogg because it's always kind of alluded that he's kind of dark and stormy on the inside, yeah. but you, you never really get to see him play up to that. So when he says that line where he's like, "All forms of inti- intimacy horrify me," and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> Fog, yes." <laughs> Spirit animal or whatever. That's kind of offensive. We shouldn't say spirit animal anymore. But, you know, like, I just, like, I connect with you in that way. (laughs) I got what you were saying. Yes. (laughs) I agree. I I feel like we we never got to see his character in in depth at all, but he's been here since the beginning. So I love that we got a very Dean episode and got to um, kind of understand that he had no bad intentions it kind of just Mm -hmm. happened which was what i was worried about i was like what the heck yeah i still didn't quite understand his decision behind agreeing with the librarians because the librarians kind of came out as the big bad at the very end of last season and it was one of those things of like oh we were supposed to have been threatened by these this group this whole time i don't know what were your thoughts on that that we didn't really get to have the dean really kind of clarify his reasonings for for doing that. I think the I mean at least the implication I got is that the the order is what is in charge of the librarians mm-hmm. and I think you know I like as much as he is the dean he he's not the end all be all at Brickbills. Yeah. You know, there's people above yeah. him and 
we have already seen that those people have a relationship with, uh, I'm sorry, but the, who was the lady, the rich lady's... Oh, McAllister. Uh, McAllister. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was as much of a, like, he was like, this is a good idea thing as much as, well, this is what's happening, so in order to protect them, mm-hmm. this is what I have to do, yeah. because this is what it is. Like, I don't I don't think he wanted that. Mm-hmm. I, he seems to express multiple times that the whole rationing thing, like, not only is it not enough, but of course it's frustrating to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was just really... I, w- I wanted a little bit more explanation of that, just in terms of, you know, we th- we assume for a majority of the episode that Dean Fogg, as we know, is, is about to disappear, and we don't know when we're going to get him back. And so throughout him doing his memoir, I know he doesn't want to talk about it because he doesn't want to put them at risk, but even when he's having those moments with Kim Julia, it would have been nice for him to kind of clarify, well, this is what the actions that led me up to the point where I did have to change who you were to save your life. Because there were things he did before that that he still didn't really clarify. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to get that. I think this episode did a lot to, like, Dean Fogg has been one of those characters that's just kind of like, a you know, one of the cornerstones of the show. Mm-hmm. Reliably always fills his void and does what he, or his spot and does what he mm-hmm. needs to do. And this kind of got us, like you said, like a peek behind that curtain that we've got little glimpses of before, but now it's fully being pulled back and we're getting more to understand mm-hmm. who he is. So for me, from a writer perspective, what that says is we're developing this character so we can do more with him this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that means, but I I am a big fan of this actor. I've liked the Dean Fogg as a character, so I'm really excited to see more of what develops. But I think they also did a really good job of making it natural and helping with the plot while at the same time revealing a lot about him. Mm-hmm. I I just want to say I love the memoir part too yes. because we did re- get so much about him in such a well written way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was deep and complex, and you really formed the part of the character that I didn't know before, and I liked him even more. And I got worried. I was like, "Are we writing him off?" But you just made me feel a little bit more um, confident that it's building as opposed to taking him away. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think. Us getting that glimpse early on is kind of their way of saying, like, we're, we're going to work harder on Dean Fogg. Because you get bits and pieces, but what is he really about? And, like, when, when it came out that he did have a drinking problem, it was like, whoa, he has a drinking problem? Oh, okay, this is, like, is this from the blindness or is this, like, a thing that he is? And then you see different variations of him that also have, like, weird little problems. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Having that memoir where he really just got to talk about, like, yeah, he had an affair, and he <laughs> didn't think the the husband did a really good job of, of handling it, or you know, his drinking buddy. That whole thing about like I'm, I'm a high functioning alcoholic, and I like the reason I like to drink alone is because I like to wallow in my own self pity. It was like, whoa, Dean. And the moment with Julia this? was really special to mm-hmm. me because we never get to got to really see her at the school. Yeah. I feel like they're going to do that forever. They're going to tease <laughs> Julia and Dean's relationship uh, throughout the other ver- timelines and how great it was, you know, when she was at the school, but we're never going to get it because it's not the timeline we're a part of. No. Not at all. So just going from that, Dean Fogg is, is clearly brought into the fold and the memoirs brought up because of Marina finding, uh, hunting him down and figuring out what's going on. I thought I was, you know, very impressed by Marina. I don't, I'm never sure quite how advanced she's supposed to be as a magician. Like, she's still a hedge witch. 
in pretty much all of the timelines. Maybe there's, maybe, I'm sure there's one or two where she's a student at Breakbills. But how did you all feel about just that, that storyline development with her and that joke, maybe not joke, about child support? That was interesting. She said it was a joke, so... I, I mean, clearly, though, she has some father issues, as you know, we see as her choice of punishing yeah. Dean Fogg in that way. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I have to wonder where she's getting all the power to do all this magic from, because we've seen how restricted it is. So I can understand in a pre-library controlled magic world why hedge witches can exist, and mm-hmm. that's a thing. But how are they getting magic when it's so regulated that even Dean Fogg is, like, running out? So I hope that they address that at some point. Yeah. Because well, it sounds like also that there, that there is – she does kind of reference that there is, like, not a lot of magic throughout. But I would imagine that she's figured out some way to, to hoard it. You know, just like Dean Vaught figured out his own personal way to hoard it. Right. And so I'm sure she's got something up her sleeve that she's she's trying to figure out. But I don't know. Steph? I, I just feel like it was – it just seems cruel to me with mm-hmm. the position he's in. But I – we barely got a glimpse of what his lifestyle would, will be like mm-hmm. in this character that he is. But it just seems – it seemed, I don't know, I need answers. And the idea of the rationing of magic, that's a good point. And I i like that the there's a play on kind of control mm-hmm. and higher powers and higher people in positions of power trying to ration it out. Mm-hmm. And it drives me mad, but I think it's great for the time right now that we're having that story. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's an interesting storyline, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. But in terms of... Um, Marina's like I like that they brought her back in as a kind of main point person for the show because for a while like I wasn't sure they knew quite what to do with her like they bring her in and mm-hmm. she'd be there and something horrible would happen and then she'd disappear and they bring her in and she'd be there and then something horrible would happen to her and now she's dead and now she's brought back from life and now she's a different timeline right. so clearly they want to use her in some way so it's like well I think this is probably the best use of her is someone who can um, be a, a guide for magic because it's also kind of hinted at that she knows more about magic than she lets on because she was kicked out of break bills. Mm-hmm. So just having her come in and kind of not only the power she wields with the dean, which makes me think that there is something behind that child support thing. Maybe they don't have babies together, but I get the the feeling that they were lovers in that previous timeline. Mm. Also, because if she does have daddy issues and. That would make sense that she would turn a lover who scorned her or um, into her father, as gross as that is. Oh, my gosh. And so, um, but yeah, so I don't know. And now I just want to learn more about her daddy issues because I'm like, dang, not only did well, you turn yeah. into your dad, but you made him like a homeless bum. I feel like that's another thing that you don't just like casually be like, what should you change him to? Oh, how about her dad? Yeah, sure, that works. Like there's, there's something more to mm-hmm. that. So I don't know. Maybe we will get... Maybe they'll talk about it because yeah. they, when we see the group recover, they all remember it. They say like it's like a tre- dream or like an acid trip. Mm-hmm. So if Dean Fogg's probably gonna remember too, even though it only happened for a little bit. Yeah, it's gonna be like, do you want to talk? talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> like, why you felt the need to do that? Cause that's super dark. Um, but again, I like 
I like you like you said. I like mm-hmm. Marina's character. I like that they have found the, like a more natural place for her to kind of fit in. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like who haven't we used in a while? All right, let's pull let's Marina. Bring her back out. In. Yeah, but I do appreciate that they use all of their um, recurring like co-stars. So yeah. when you have like everyone sitting at the table on Fillory. Like, those are the same people that are yep. always in the background whenever yep. they're at the castle in Fillory. And I was yeah. like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that consistency, too. Because people don't always think about that. But before we move on, uh, hey, guys, before we move on to our next topic, we just wanted to say thank you for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. For us to continue to grow, we could use your help. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. But no matter where you are, leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. Being a part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us, and we truly appreciate you supporting us in what we love. Don't forget to tell your friends and keep enjoying our show. So thank you. Please rate, subscribe, pull out your old live journal account, whatever you need to do. It's been 20 years, but I know you still have it. <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of AfterBuzz. Okay, so... Quick thing on yes. that, on Marina. Nas in the chat mm-hmm. said, I think Marina viewed Dean Fogg as a father while at Break Bills, but he betrayed her just like her father did, which is why that identity was fitting. Maybe. I can see that. Could see that happening. Mm-hmm. But this is also a different Marina, so this isn't Marina Prime. She's dead. So I, I get the feeling that there's a possibility that their relationship might have been mentorship, sexual, and the other thing. <sighs> I'm just saying. I you don't just say right, that kind of weird stuff to men. Um, I was like, that's a weird thing to say to a dude. Like, okay. Uh, anywho, with Marina kind of figuring out, breaking down the facades that, you know, the, the main group has, it was kind of, you really got to see, oh, okay, this is what they've been dealing with as these alternate characters. So Josh has been dealing with his penis being too big. It's a real problem. Yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> Penny has been dealing with um, sleeping with his stepsister. And then Katie is upset because she's just too perfect. I'm like, well, girl, I mean, did you see a life before? <laughs> like, take this. Take this reprieve. I thought that was a pretty, like, honest way, though, to look at it. Is yeah. like, I, I want to be a real person. Oh, yeah. So that was it was very interesting to hear from her. I was happy that we got that a little bit about Penny because otherwise, uh, what was his name? Hansen? Hansel. Hansel. Mm-hmm. Hansel was pretty pretty cool. Really? He was. I mean, he was a little like you know loose, but he liked his life. He, yeah. yeah, I can see him liking his life. He was. It just took a dark turn really quick. Yeah, yeah. He's like, and I had too many stepdads. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Well, it was nice. I mean, we don't really hear too much about Penny's actual family life, so it's nice to hear a little about a little bit about Hansel's family life. Um, I, I, it was nice that you well, you could see clearly uh, the dean was giving them kind of treats, even for all of it, its falseness. That okay, <laughs> I don't know why he would think Josh needs a big penis, but maybe he just thought maybe this guy, maybe he's not, maybe he needs that like ego boost and then with uh dj hansel it's like oh penny kind of just needs to calm the hell down and with katie it's like oh my god you've just been through so much crap here just be perfect Mm -hmm. the only one i didn't really get well we we just don't really get a chance to really see is uh brian quentin and kim julia so 
who is Kim? You know what I mean? Because it's really just Julia. Mm-hmm. We never really get the impression of who Kim is outside of her quest. I mean, didn't he? Didn't he just say that it was just like a book of his that like he liked, or did he make the book? I, I wasn't clear on that. I, I think he made the book as a way to kind of be able to guide to visualize them. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought I could be wrong. Okay, because um, I thought it as like it was just a book that he had that had like seven people in it, and it's just like, oh, this mm. works. Maybe, but maybe not. I, th- I think he was using it as a a way to be able to keep watch on them. At least that's how I interpret it. If you're in the chat and you have a better clarification, please let us know. Um, but yeah, I I really liked that we just kind of got to see those touches, and I wanted that with with Quentin and Julia. Yeah, I agree. But I'm glad that it didn't last longer than it needed to be because we are watching the show for their identities. But I like that they touched, they like made them deep in two episodes, mm-hmm. most of them, except mm-hmm. for I feel like Julia was more of a redemption. Like he wanted her to just be a student again, but maybe yeah. encompass her same qualities. Mm-hmm. I get that. Well, I don't think I don't think Julia's character being at Breakbills was even part of like her character. I think that no. was a thing that he forced getting her in and that's why she was failing every test because the person that she was was not a magician. Mm. Well, she was failing every test because magic basically was like being repelled off of her. So she can't know anything about magic. I guess that's true, too, yeah, yeah, because of the... They can't talk about magic. They're not supposed to know about magic. So even her going to break bills is kind of, like, pushing the limits on that. Um, So that's what I was saying. Like, we don't really know who she is as Kim, other than that chick that was in Orange is the New Black. (laughs) Yeah. Great show. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little, you know, shout-out. But with that said, we do... Get to finally have them all come back. And, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and jump to that before we get to Quentin mm-hmm. and Elliot and um, Marco and Fillory. And <laughs> it, it was nice to see the shift, at least with with Penny. Where, because I feel like uh, Arjun was playing it more like <laughs> a higher octave in voice and, like, really just, like, free love and everything's great. And so to see him drop back down to, like, yeah, okay, well... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of nice to see. It was nice to see that moment with Josh where he's kind of like checking his pants. Oh, well, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was great to see. So it was nice to just kind of have them immediately come back at the end, and and even with Margot. So let's just go right into her with her being able to reassert her power with uh, Bacchus at the end. How did we feel about the whole trip into Fillory? Like, I know there's some assumptions that she would be caught and kind of captured and. And maybe not have a good time. I was relieved to see that Lord Fresh, as yeah. he <laughs> called himself, was there to help her and could see through the the guys and to see the real Margot. How'd you guys feel? I loved this scene. This whole mm-hmm. I love that she's King Margot. I'll never get over that. And I love the, just the lines written of how she was. Why is this? Is this a thing, King Margot? Um, but Lord Fresh was awesome. I, I thought that was a really well done scene with the water and everything. And it was just a cool set design. And um, I liked that she was welcomed. Yeah. I kind of couldn't have any more stress other than the mass murder we have out in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The shape of waterline was yeah, was very cute. It's pretty, pretty spot on. Um, Margot is just like an incredibly impressive character, and mm-hmm. like it's funny because she's already like kind of over the top, but the dialogue that they have written for her because 
she's even like a more of a character driven herself as this other character. So mm-hmm. it's even more like sass and attitude yeah. like is really fun to watch. Um, I don't know. Clearly it's set up. This is more prophecy of stuff. He talked about like he saw he's like seen her life basically. He knows what came before and yeah. when this he saw this moment and like what's going to happen after. So I, I'm curious to see. I want to know what's in the box. What's in <laughs> what's in the box? And that show's supposed box? to rule alone. Right. Rule, the rule alone for a mm-hmm. long time thing mm-hmm. kind of I mean that stress definitely a big uh teaser for what's coming at yeah. the end of the season, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like we're getting Elliot back anytime soon. So <laughs> and he is the co ruler. Oh well I guess yeah, all of them will. Hmm. Well, I mean, she's also the sole elected king, right? Because of what happened last season. Oh, with the democracy. Yeah, they got they got rid of all the like. Well, they're just our kings because they're yeah. humans. They were like, well, let's elect a king, and then they just happened to pick a human because they liked Margot. So yeah. I think that's that true. I think that plays into it. I think that's part of why she got the ember visions also it was good to finally like figure out what were the reason why and it was because there's another god on fillory yeah and that's what set off that vision alarm i'm really curious what's going on with bacchus and what he has planned is he just hiding out there Mm -hmm. um yeah that was interesting because for a second there i was like is ember back are they gonna do that but I'm really glad that they didn't do that. Yeah, it was nice to see it, it be Bacchus. At first I was like, Dionysus? I think they're actually the same god. But, um, yeah, it was good to see him come back because he was kind of, you know, here and there last season. And then also that they didn't just bring Amber back. Because it's like, well, you did the, you made this whole hullabaloo about killing him last season. Right. So just yeah. stand by what you did. Yeah, it caused uh, everything to yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> But it was also nice to just have the Florians come back. So we got Fen and we got, I'm going to mess up, Pit, Pitwick? Pitwick. Pit. Someone, someone in the chat tell me. I can't remember. It's Rizwan's uh, character's name. I can't, I, uh, uh, I'll look it up. Um, it was nice to have them come back as well because I, I, even I was kind of like, oh, are we going to see them this year or are they going to be out for, for the count? But I'm happy to be wrong and I'm still looking it up. Has anyone Tick. said in the chat? Tick. There we go. Tick. Tick Um, And that he was kind of, quote unquote, forgiven for yeah. trying to overthrow everything and be crazy. That's <laughs> what I was like. Yeah. Do we accept you back here? Yes. We love Tick. Tick's I know, great. but he was so sassy. And, and I love some sass, but in a way that I was like, uh, you deserve some punishment. But yeah, I guess forgiveness is, yeah. is key. It's key, you know, it, and it, and I get it, you know. I feel like he wasn't, Valorian. yeah, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. It, it just, he could have gone about it a little a bit better. better way. But that's why they kept him on, is at the end of the day, he really cares about Floria mm-hmm. and how yeah. it should be run and taken care of, so. Yeah, that's true. So to have Margot come back and to, to have Finn, I wanted to see Finn have a little bit more time on the throne, because we didn't really ever see, we saw her like in the beginning, which is kind of just like. I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone's an opioids. Um, yeah. <laughs> so to even have like a few more moments of her being being on the throne would have been nice. But I think we might also get that just because by the end of the episode, Margot has been sent back to Earth <laughs> by Bacchus. So I'm like, what's with these guys just being also, like, boop? <laughs> we don't know where on Earth because she's not mm, there mm-hmm. in the house. No. When Quentin gets back later. Yeah. So 
where is she now? Yeah. Why can't we send her directly where we want her to go instead yeah. of sending her outside? I'm so, I, I, you know, I would think he would send her relatively close. I'm hoping he didn't send her to just like Tanzania or something. That would suck. Oh Maybe my she's gosh. Break she Could would she? derive where she would find I mean, a way. That would be really dangerous. Sets, like, oh. I feel like. I don't know. That, that... My gut would tell me that the the house in Breakville is if she's not in, if she's not with them, mm-hmm. I feel like that's where she would be. But maybe not. Yeah. Who, who knows? Yeah. Well, I was just like, well, season one they did that whole thing where Penny went to where did he go? He went somewhere in, in Middle East, Africa, Africa. Um, oh yeah. And so I was like, so they can kind of wing stuff when they want to. Like Greece. Like Greece. Their trip to Greece today. Oh yes. You know, yeah, they wing know. stuff when they and want to. And it's Greece because there's columns here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's a sacrifice. Right. So, you know, that's Greece, I think. It's very right? Greece. I've been playing a lot of um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so. Anywho, let's just go ahead into Quentin and Elliot on that, <laughs> since we're we're already in, in the Greece land. Greece country, Greece whatever. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's been a long day. So, <laughs> from Jump... Elliot, oh, what's his, what's his, Nigel, Nigel Elliot, I believe is, is his Evil Elliot. Yeah, Evil Elliot um, is just not here to play. Oh, <laughs> like, gosh. Get a pig. Gets a pig. Kill the pig. No, I don't want to do that. Brian Quentin snaps his arm. Snaps it clean, like clean. Ugh. And I was like, oh, shit, I never considered that. Yeah, he knows how to torture you. Yeah, there's worse things you can do to somebody than killing them. Yeah. Yeah, when he's like, I would never do that. And I was like, oh, that's worse. Yeah. Oh, man. But just the, it's, I think that Hale is, or Hale Appleman's doing such a great job with this character. Because it's still clearly like some Elliot-ness to the character because it's being channeled through Elliot. Like when he, um, when Quentin comes back and is immediately about to do magic and he assumes that he was going to kill or, or torture um, the god guy. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you wanted to play, but he's he's dead, so. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I love you. Because you find humor even in, like, these really horrific moments where I should be terrified of you. Oh, my God. It's so scary to mm-hmm. think about that mm-hmm. he's just, he's so powerful mm-hmm. and will not, when he grabbed inside of his stomach, I was like, wow, you really... Yeah. You just are doing it. So what did you guys think he was grabbing when he reached in? Like, I figured maybe it was, like, a knife. I don't know. So like do something they took away from him. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I don't think he grabbed anything. I think he was looking. Well, yeah, something. what do you think he was looking for is what I mean. Oh, well, that's a whole other... I, I don't know. Some mm. sort of magical relic. Mm. Okay. I have, a th- I have a theory, but I'll save it for predictions. Okay. But... I think it's imp- I think it's core to figuring out what the thing inside mm-hmm. of Elliot is. Okay. Yeah, like a part. Yeah, the finishing touch, or maybe yeah, I or know. what he is. Yeah, yeah, because he's really spiteful against gods. But we can go into that into predictions. Um, but it was interesting to see that is him hunting them down seems to be that he's looking for something, not mm-hmm. just like killing them willy nilly because he doesn't like gods or something like he's got a reason why mm-hmm. he like they took something from him and he wants it back yeah. so it's interesting to get some more motivation from him yeah and it seems kind of like it's it's a little bit of both where he is 
kind of crazy and, and enjoys just killing th- people and things mm-hmm. as well. But that with them, there's an intention behind it. But yeah, he'll still casually, you know, and kill again, the dude too, with the ice cream. I really enjoyed, like, again, like I said earlier about the pacing that this happened and then boom, they're back in the room yeah. with everybody. And he's like, oh, you miss your friends? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's take care of that. Oh and like, gosh. they're not like, all right, cool. Two episodes from now, they're going to travel and get mm-hmm. there. Like, boom, they're there. This mm-hmm. is happening now. Yeah. And I am hyped to see what happens. Yeah. Well, th- so I, when he was like, oh, I really want Elliot back. And then he's like, oh, you don't really like me and all of that. I did not, did, do you, did you think that maybe Nigel Elliot, as I like to call him for the evil version, um, knew all, the whole time where they were? Or do you think it was only because, oh, we got to touch on Julia. It was only because uh, Julia broke the actual spell that he was able to find them. I would assume that he's always known because he found Quentin so easily. I, I would assume he probably has always known. That, I mean, it may have been more difficult or he may have, mm-hmm. have stuff to deal with to do that. But I think more important is that it didn't matter because... Quentin didn't remember them, and so mm-hmm. it wasn't an issue. The other guy was just worried about, like, his girlfriend and mm. his job and whatever. Whereas mm. now, as soon as Quentin comes back, he's like, what about my friends? And he's like, oh, wait, we're doing this again? He's mm-hmm. like, I thought you forgot about them with your new thing. Like, that was why I like the Billy game. Mm. He's like, well, we better, like, I'm not going to, we're not going to do this over and over again with you crying about your friends, so let's just go take care of that right now. Yeah. And he killed the messenger of who he was looking for, right? Yeah. Okay. He called him a name, but I don't. I didn't he write called it down. him um, Corbett. Corbett. So that probably means now the gods are going to be alerted that he's here. It I would like assume. Yeah, he already says that. Yeah, they're already. Aware. They already. You know, aware. That's why he came. Well, maybe of, the like um, people, the order, the order. Yeah, because they're not taking it seriously. Because well, they don't. I don't think they really know what it is. I think that. They just think it's targeting the kids. And so they're like, well, we don't really care. We got what we wanted. Yeah. So fine if we, you can hide them if you want to, but we're not, that's not their primary mm-hmm. concern because they have all the power that they want. But there's, you know, but I would be concerned because the, the very act of magic being turned off was because the gods got angry. So clearly the gods have, you know, the ultimate power and they aren't con- just aren't considering it, which kind of blows my mind. <laughs> Uh, but Julia, and then we'll move on. So Julia and Todd. So I had the realization that advanced technology is all magic. When you see Todd, um, when uh, Marina and Hansel first come in, and Todd has a Walkman and is typing on a typewriter. And I was like, oh, crap. So they're actually talking about how advanced technology is all magic. I don't know. That was a little fun thing. Go back and watch the episode. He has like a, like a 1998 Walkman, like the yellow one. And he's typing on a typewriter. Just a fun little fact. No, yeah. Um, or, I'm going to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't I don't get the correlation. So the, the whole idea is that the reason he has to use a typewriter and a Walkman is because it's like the iPhone. Oh, I see what you're saying. The because laptop. Because of the magic ration? Yeah. Or okay. advanced magic. So the only way for them to, to be able to I do I guess it. that's true. That's mm-hmm. canon because we've already seen a big, them talk about a bunch of tech companies being like magic based. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, there's certain things I will never understand, like phone lines. Like that seems magical to me. <laughs> yeah. Streaming sites, where how I don't get it. It's, it's magic. It's all code. <laughs> it's all spells. Um, 
But just having that moment where we get to realize that Julia still is godlike even without mm-hmm. uh, her powers it was nice to see. And I didn't think that that's where they were going to go uh, in terms of her character because I figured when they took all of her god powers, she was just, you know, it's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy when they take all the power. He's just back to being human, which kind of sucks. But <laughs> it was nice that she's still kind of immortal in that way. Okay, any final thoughts before we go into the special segment? The scene with Julia was cool. I'm glad that they're taking it that way because it mm-hmm. took a long time for me to really be on board with her character. Mm-hmm. And I think she deserves this and she deserves that innate kind of a power. And um, I feel like she has this deep empathy and it helps her navigate everything she's doing. Mm-hmm. So I loved that scene. Uh, I thought it was cool. I, I was wondering too, like, again, that's a lot of magic to be powered in a world where there's a bunch of ration magic so it makes sense for there to be like a perpetual battery mm-hmm. um, I don't know I mean again it's magic not real technology so I don't know about just overloading it by touching it over and over again um, I felt like that scene kind of dragged on a little long I think we could have made a more creative way to uh, disrupt the battery mm. um, that being said it was great to get more like confirmation that Julia is still a god and she still is divine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. It's interesting. Fog had a line uh, earlier where he he says he says something like, "Be careful in your many lives" or whatever, mm-hmm. which may have just been in reference to the fact that she is living a double life because of the spell, but also to the fact that she literally died like 30 times this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and also that she's died so many times before that as well, because they've died, what, 39 out of the 40 times. Right, in the end, timelines, too. (laughs) Quick thing, Nas in the chat said, I think the monster's looking for a shade, and it was removed by the gods. Hmm. That'd be cool. That would kind of make sense, because it's, like, where he was also reaching for. Huh. But if you don't have a shade, you don't really care about it, right? Isn't that kind of all? I guess Joy was kind of an exception. Um, But it's, it's a thought, yeah. I didn't think about that. So, let's go ahead into the special segment, God of the Week. <laughs> yes. Uh, the God of this week is, I'm going to mess it up. I said it so many times at home. Enya, 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 Elias. Enya, Elias. Enya, Elias. Like Enya, Elias. Mm. Enya, the singer. Uh, Enya, Elias is actually, depending on which time you're referencing him, either the son of Ares or a byname of Ares. So if you're thinking of the Mycenaean times, uh, Ares and Enelias were actually separate deities. And Enelias was the god of soldiers and warriors, and Ares was simply the god of war. But if you're looking at him as the son of Ares, then he is... um, Oh, oh, he's the son of Ares and Enyo, and she's the goddess of war. And we also have a few little pictures to go along with this as well uh if they come up if not no worries whatever enjoy my the the dulcet tones of my voice (laughs) um so in this episode daniel cutmore played any elias or any elias's assistant pretending to be any elias and you know daniel cutmore for him uh he was recently in like the first episode of this season of the flash as I can't think of the name. But the first big bad that you actually thought was Cicada, but it wasn't, that was him. And then he's also been uh, recurring as Colossus in the X-Men franchise, in the first franchise and the second franchise. So he was in Last Stand, he was in X2, and then he comes back as Colossus in the future part of Days of Future Past. And there he is, 
looking all handsome in the premiere for X-Men Days of Future Past. So, and then also just there's, any Elias is also a type of lizard genus. Like if you Google any Elias, a bunch hmm. of lizard pictures pop up. I learned this today. <laughs> and I was like, what is this about? So, in case you're wondering, I have a picture of the, uh, well, that's Inulius, or a.k.a. Ares, God of War, statue from Greek times. And then that's the lizard. It's, uh, it's uh, green, super green. It's, apparently, it's called a fathead annual is the, uh, that particular lizard. And also, it's called the Inulius. I'm going to mess this up. Ehenjimi, Ehenjil, whatever, look it up. Fathead annual. And then lastly, the last time I thought about gods on TV, it was Hercules, young Hercules, and Xena. Xena. And uh, and Elias was actually portrayed in Hercules as Strife, son of Ares. And so that's a picture of them, portrayed by Joel Tobek, was the character playing Strife. That was a great show. Yeah. It went on forever, and then they had Young Hercules, and that was like Ryan Gosling's first big thing, and it was all Canadian, so it kind of makes sense, and I hope they kind of make a reference to it at some point, since Magician shoots in Canada, like, let's do this, Vancouver for life. Um, so anyways, that's our God of the Week, and every week we'll come back and we'll, we'll teach you a little Greek knowledge, I love Greek uh, mythology, about the different gods that we encounter throughout the show. Okay, so with that said, let's get into predictions. Yes. And now, you're after Buzz. I feel like you have to start. Yes, right? <laughs> um, I do want to say we, we did forget to talk about one thing okay. uh, Alice. Oh, right, and Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, so she. And the cockroach. Yeah. So it wasn't the way I thought it was going to be. No. But it's still cool. Still cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm suspicious of Santa Claus. The more that he talks, the more I'm like, I feel like I should be liking him when he's actually like bad or something. Two, what's up with the prison design in the library that there's just tubes that can be screwed out that have magic just pumping through that are easily accessible to a prisoner? That's how they shoot all their information. And it needs to go through the cell. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to talk to the designer at the library. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm sure he could check out some books. Yeah. Okay, predictions. Um this is a big stretch. I think I think I said this before. I think the thing that possessed Elliot uh is like Pandora or like the thing oh, that's right. inside Pandora's box yeah, or something and, and I think that that time. has a tie uh, some type of root to like what is magic or the core of magic mm. and I think the gods took something from him or from that mm. for like power or for whatever reason and I think that's what he's trying to get back. Mm. Um so that's that's where I'm at with that. Um Otherwise, do I have anything else? Um, as much as I as I said about us getting exposition about fog and having more of the season, I think he might die. Um, Boo! And on that same note, I think somebody is gonna die. I think Evil mm. Elliot is gonna kill someone. I think there might be like a, a final death. death, right? Like yeah. a death death. Yeah, and and obviously it's not gonna be like Julia or Quentin or you know Margot, but uh, everybody else. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I actually was thinking as soon as he showed up, I thought just to, like, start things off, he was just going to kill someone real quick. Um, so maybe that will happen in the opening scene. Not maybe. sure. Um, I do think someone's going to die 
and that will really suck, but probably not one of the main cast. Um, I think that we'll get a little bit more Alice next episode because we di- we barely got anything. Mm-hmm. Although her storyline will be hard to tell from Cell. So hopefully it's like them finding their identities where she's not there for that much longer. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that they'll they'll be quick with Alice since they've been quick with everyone else. It's just, you know, she's further away. And I also want to know where's where's Penny Prime? Uh he's still in the underworld yeah. as a librarian. So like don't forget about him. I hmm there was something that you said, and I wanted to comment on, and now I've forgotten. But, oh, we did talk about how, um, yeah, that we we thought that last year that it was Pandora's box that they were touching upon, and that this god, like, figure was that, like, all um, chaos, basically, mm. which he's kind of improving. He could potentially be all chaos. So that's kind of fun to explore. I think with, hmm... I think they'll probably get the gang back together faster than not, just because they've been, been clipping along really nicely. What's being said in the chat? <laughs> Garmin Cortez says, as any architect could tell you, the pneumatic tubes had to pass through uh, the cells because of plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. True. That's True story. Sometimes you watch TV and you're like, why does that have to be so convenient? And you're like, <laughs> plot. Uh, I think... I don't think there's anything too dark about Santa Claus, but, you know, I definitely, he definitely did allude to it not being quite as Coca-Cola sweet as we like to think of it in America, and I appreciate that, because Santa Claus is dark. It's a dark story. It is. Um, And then, yeah, I just think overall with, uh, I don't really think anyone, I think if anyone's going to die, it's going to be Josh. Mm-hmm. So, even though he just got promoted to series regular this right. year. But, you know. Sometimes you get promoted for one year, and then, right. and then you're done. And, yeah, I think that that's probably it for me. I don't think I have anything else. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Magicians After Show on After Buzz TV. <laughs> trying to get my Ty Davis energy up. Uh, <laughs> I'm Adrienne Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Miss Adrienne Snow. And where can they follow you both? I'm Steph Sabra. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Steph Sabra. Uh, guys, I'm Nate Miller. You can find me everywhere at Dog Like Nate. Yes, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Ty is out this week. He will be back next week. And he will have all that fun energy that we love. All right, guys? (laughs) I know I do love it. Uh, We will see you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.